Hello, hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser, and this week my guest is Tasha Casper. She is a licensed clinical marriage and family psychotherapist and resilience coach. She's a speaker and educator who specializes in transforming trauma, pain, illness, and grief into inner strength, healing, and growth. Along with clinical training and research, Tasha's personal experience with triple negative breast cancer and 16 years with chronic pain and illness with a bladder pain allows her to bring empathy, insight, and insider's perspective to each of her clients' struggles. Her mission and passion is to make mental health support and education accessible and convenient for those with chronic health issues. She does this via her two companies. She is the founder of Resilient Life Institute, LLC, whose website and signature Fiercely Resilient program offers a suite of solutions available for women everywhere. The online courses and events are designed to equip, empower, and up-level health, wellness, and resiliency. She is the owner of Healing Point Counseling, a private practice that provides professional online psychotherapy and counseling to all California residents. Please welcome Tasha. Hi, I'm so excited to be doing this chatting with you and all your listeners today. I'm, this is awesome. <laughs> Super excited. Thank you. Well, tell us about your fearless female journey. Let's start from the beginning. I am a child of sexual, physical, and emotional abuse, Mm. and then into my adulthood have suffered with autoimmune and chronic pain. So interstitial cystitis is painful bladder syndrome. It causes pelvic floor dysfunction and a lot of pain along the way. Then as a bonus, about five years ago, I got the rarest, most deadliest form of cancer called triple negative breast cancer, the rarest of breast cancers. Yeah, I've never heard of that. (laughs) Me neither. Didn't even know it existed. And I was a breast cancer advocate for years. So anyways, why I share all those kind of like three bits is they're actually connected. Because we now know with studies, right, the the famous ACEs study at first childhood experiences is that children who have suffered emotional, physical trauma in childhood are more likely to suffer anxiety, depression, all sorts of mental health, physical, autoimmune, fibromyalgia, cancer, diabetes, heart all of that by three, four times increases. Not only do I work with people who are already have health concerns, but I do a lot of work with, I've done a lot of work with like victims of crime and young childhood trauma, because if we can get them healing at a young age, we can help avoid some long-term physical issues. Yeah, Um, absolutely. There's a book called The Body Keeps Score. And people need to understand when people tell me, because I've interviewed so many women, when they tell me that they have like chronic health issues, and they tell me that they're suffering from this pain or that pain, it always comes back to some sort of trauma that they experienced in their childhood. Right. We are one thing, right? Psychology, medical is establishment, right? They want to kind of like, well, you know, it's your head, it's your body. It's like, no, it's me. Mm -hmm. I'm one thing. I am a whole being. And so to me, the 
the solution needs to be a whole being response. You yeah. can't just do mental health, right? We have to look at how it's manifesting in the body. And, you know, for me, I wound up losing my entire career. Everything that I had worked for, you know, was making great money, had regional vice president, 17 Western states, traveling every other week. Like it was my dream career. And I type A perfectionistic drove my body straight into the ground over mm. a period of five years. And it was the deepest, darkest moment of my life, right? Yeah. I lost my role. I lost my identity. I lost the money. I lost everything I thought I was. Mm. But in that, that is when I actually found my authentic self. You know, it took two years at the time, right? And it was a bit of a spiritual journey, but I had to learn, right? And especially after childhood trauma, like, or any trauma, right? Most of us women, we have this concept of we're unworthy, we're not enough, we're always chasing, or yeah. I'll be happy when X, Y, Z. And I had to learn that I was worthy and enough, even if I was in bed and in pain all day. When you were going through all of that stuff, were you talking to someone about what happened to you in your childhood or had you not made the connections yet? I had some inkling of connections. I had I had been through a divorce, so I had had some therapy um, along the way, but I had not done any deep trauma work. Lo and behold, I also, at the time, I could not find anybody who truly understood the devastation that comes with chronic illness. All the nuances, the grief, the shame, the isolation, the identity, right? All of this stuff. And so during my process and through a lot of prayer, it was like, okay, God, like, what do you, what does all this mean? What do you want me to do with it? How can I, I wanted to be of service to others, right? Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know if I could work ever again, but I thought whatever I do, I, I do want it to be in service to others. So the answer was go back to school, get your master's and become a therapist. Wow. Um, <laughs> yes, which was daunting, but it was, it was great because I knew, and this was even back like 2010, I knew nobody was having this conversation. Yeah. Medical establishment will say, oh, you've got chronic stress, you know, you've got migraines, you've got, you know, painful intercourse, all these different things, you know, kind of blows us women off. And then nobody gives us the space to talk about the mental and emotional toll that that takes. And it takes a toll. Yeah. So, I don't think men understand like our emotional hormonal balances in our body. They have no clue, which is why in the early days, you know, they called it hysteria and they would give us a hysterectomy thinking that that was going to re resolve all of our emotional states. But yeah, I, I can't even imagine, you know, going to a male doctor, trying to explain to him what's going on, and he just shuts the door and it, and make you feel isolated. It's almost like you're you're already playing that negative record in your mind of like, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I, nobody understands me. And then you go to a professional, like a doctor, and you're trying to explain to him your pain, and he just is like, you know, here, take a pill, it's going to go away, or or it's not, it, you have chronic stress, or it's always going to be like that. That's the thing I hate when you go to the doctors, and they're just like, this is what it's going to be like. You just have to accept your fate and and not do any research, right? Yeah. And that's like medical, like you're supposed to be doing research. You're supposed to like figure this out for me. Exactly. It's very dismissive and demeaning. It's incredibly common. I would, I would venture to say it's pretty much mainstream to mm -hmm. find somebody who doesn't respond that way is, is the anomaly. 
you know, us women, we know our body, we know what's going on better than anybody. And so, you know, we have to learn how to advocate it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the journey, right? And I love, right, like, so you're, you know, fearless females, but for me, I teach people like, you can have fear and still do it, move to fierce, right? So move from fear to fierce, even if you still have fear, it doesn't magically go away, but we get to make a choice. Yeah, absolutely. There's fear in all of us. It's always going to be within us. It's standing up and realizing that you can be fearless. You're going to have a little bit of that anxiety in your heart, but you're not letting the anxiety and the fear take over you, which yes, you have to be fiercely resilient. Yes, exactly. Right. And here's the other part of it is that there's this kind of societal thing and you know, social media doesn't help much, which gives us women like this whole, oh, you have to have it all figured out or, you know, pull up your big girl panties and just do it. And it's like, no, we need to be taught. Resilience is something that can be taught. Mm -hmm. I used to think resilience, you were either gifted it or not, but that's not true. It's it's a mindset. It's a skill set. It's tactics. It's things that we can learn. What I teach is based in a concept called post-traumatic growth. Mm. which is you learn how to leverage your strengths. And it's not about bouncing back because you're never going to go back to whatever pre-illness, pre-trauma, pre-stress you know, or loss. You want to be better than that. You yeah. want to take that, take the lessons and the gifts in that, learn from it, improve your strengths and leverage it to have a better current moment. Absolutely. This episode is sponsored by CoachSnap. Are you looking for an all-in-one platform to help you build your coaching business? Then you need CoachSnap. It allows you to schedule appointments, collect payments, train and support all of your clients' needs. Health, fitness, hockey, football, or even life coaches can use CoachSnap. It's the business platform that will help you be the best coach you can be. I love that earlier you had said that, you know, you had it all, you had the job, you had the money, the perfect life. And then all of a sudden, all of this stuff started happening to you and you had like the dark night of the soul. You know, nobody wants to go through the dark night of the soul. Seriously, nobody wants to go through the depression. Nobody wants to feel all the pain and hurt and relive your trauma. But honestly, that is like the place of the most growth. It's when you either decide to like let go of your past life and stop holding on to that victim story or, you know, like letting it go or holding on to it. But you have the choice. And in that moment, you know, I love that you said, I'm not going to be that person anymore. I'm going to help others. I'm going to go get my degree and I'm going to help others. And now you've become a resilience coach and speaker and educator. And you wouldn't have become this person without that dark night of the soul, you know? And so everybody who tries to avoid that, like facing your fears and facing your your old trauma and dealing with like the shadow work and the deep trauma healing, nobody wants to go back there. Trust me, I know I spent many years like really trying to resolve all my own childhood trauma. And nobody wants to go back there. But when you do, when you really do the work, you emerge as a completely different person with a whole new understanding of why you had to go through that trauma and why it's now made you a sharper tool for the rest of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes I laugh and I'll say to people, you know, Oh, if we would have 11, 12 years ago, you would have told me that today I'm going to be having this conversation with you as a therapist and a resilience coach. 
I would still be on the floor laughing. You know, I was like, no, 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 I am VP of marketing. I'm this other thing. And at that time in high level corporate America, right, I was working for a Fortune 500 company, high level. I had to hide my illness completely because otherwise you're seen as a liability, right? So it's hard enough for women to compete at that level, let alone, oh, you have an illness? No, 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 you, you, you're a liability. We can't have you. We can't have people like you mm. going around. And eventually somebody did say that to me. So I thought I was all these things, right? I left home when I was 16. I had built this career. I was making the money. I was, you know, yeah. rocking, rocking life. You know, I'm, I'm happily married, you know, raising the kids, like doing it all. But none of it was authentically me. And, and I'm grateful for all of that, right? Running business, building all of that. I'm very grateful for all of that. But I'm most grateful for the loss of that because now my weakness, my illness, I talk about it openly on podcasts, Yeah, right? I talk about it openly everywhere. It is now my strength. It is now what people come to me for. And, you know, it's your superpower. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not sexy, right? We're talking about, you know, painful intercourse and learning how to catheterize yourself and, Mm. All these different, you know, treatments, you know, where us women, we don't talk a lot about, you know, our pelvic area as much as we should. And so it's, it's a very vulnerable part, you know, and then, so the the way the story is, is right. I, I was depressed in the beginning. I lost my identity. I had to fight through all that. Then I went back to school and on the last day, the last week of the last class, of my three years master's program, I got the call. You have cancer. Mm. Now there's no cancer in my family. Wow. And I'd gone, you know, like get your yearly mammogram. Ladies, it saved my life. I had no history. It was not on my radar. If somebody would have come back and said, oh, we ha- you have, you have bladder cancer. I would be like, okay, I understand that. But I was breasty and I still did my self exams. I was involved in Komen for many years and I would have never felt it. I would have, I certainly would have been dead before Mm. I could feel anything. And so getting that yearly mammogram, it comes back, you know, hey, there's something wonky on here. We go even through the biopsy, everything. But then there was like a moment where I, I saw it on the screen and I thought, okay, that's not good. But I still didn't know exactly what it was. But the phone call from the doctor. Here's this life-changing moment in your life. Moment, Okay. Not only do you have cancer, right? Breast cancer. You have, you know, I call myself a one percenter because if it's the rare, if it's the, like, <laughs> I will get it. If it's yeah. the outlier, that's me. And he's like, you need to get on the phone to surgeons today and this and that. And he spun me into a panic. And at no point in that journey, I call it the cancer bus. Does anybody really, really truthfully talk to you about the emotional and mental impact of that? And yeah, it was just a matter of fact. And then he hung up. He went on with his day. Yeah. And my entire life exploded. So then back down into the dark hole, right? This time much better equipped, but it took me a year and a half to battle and get through that. And are you in remission now? I am. I am. And I just passed, you know, a very important five-year mark, which is 
super important in most cancers, but specifically in triple negative. So yeah. God has me around for a reason. Yes. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and the funny thing is that pretty much all the bits and pieces of me that would technically qualify me as a woman, right? My breasts, my ovaries, my uterus, my cervix, all those things have been removed. Oh, man. Um, but I feel like the strongest version of me as a woman so far yet in my entire life. Well, knowing that you're definitely resilient to have all of those parts of you removed and still feel just, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. Man, so much to talk about here. I, I think about like, as you're telling your story, I just watched this TikTok video and it really made a lot of sense. And it I think it applies so much to like what happened to you. It's like, she says, when you are in your nine to five bubble and you're working that corporate ladder and he, she says, you're almost like not awake. You're just in the rat race, you're going to work, you're doing your thing. And then all of a sudden something happens to you, you know, and you have to go into the dark night of the soul, either forced or you go by it on, on your own because you're doing the work. And then she says, and there's something that happens to you that you have a true awakening. And you realize that the person you were before when you were in that nine to five bubble, completely just zombie, like going to work, you know, doing the things that you're supposed to do no longer is you. You know, and you realize that you had to go through the dark night of the soul to become the true authentic person that you are now. And you have this great awakening and now you are serving and helping others, which is amazing, you know, and, and you're right. I wouldn't want a psychotherapist or, you know, a resilience coach that didn't go through a dark night of the soul, right? I wouldn't yeah. hire somebody who didn't have the struggles or didn't understand the depression or the isolation or the pain of, of being a chronic health. I totally would hire somebody like you if I had to go through that because you would understand exactly what it feels like to get out of there, you know, and to yeah. get out of that dark night of the soul. And I think that if you didn't have those tools, you probably wouldn't have been cancer free, you know, because you would have allowed your negative thoughts and your trauma to hold you back and engulf you in that disease. And because you did have the tools, you, you said, no, not, not me. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, well, not going to happen to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's right. So that's the thing, right? Is that it is. And honestly, what I love about the work that I do is that in giving back in being of service, I learn from every one of my clients, right? It's like, it still sharpens me. Like it's still, you know, I still with deal with pain every day. And it's important to know that we can live, right? A fiercely resilient life. We can feel, a, we can live a full life that we love, even with pain, mm -hmm. even with cancer, even, and even if it's as min minor as like chronic stress, migraines, neck pain, back pain, you know, your body is telling you something and we need to learn, you know, a big part of what I teach is learning to listen to our body mm. right, is step one, but then give it what it wants when it wants it. Because most of us will be like, oh, you know, I should rest or I can feel a headache coming on or I'm, you know, didn't eat today or whatever. And we ignore our body and we don't listen to it or we start to listen to it, but then we won't give it what it wants when it wants it. And so it becomes like a toddler that's ignored. It throws a fit, 
Yeah, absolutely. So this is a big part of, right, the basis of anxiety too. And we're ignoring our body in this quest of perfection or, right, having having it all. And instead of having a having an abundant mindset, right? So we're moving from a deficit mindset, right? Of not enough to an abundant mindset. Like I can still be, right? The, you know, as the quote goes, like a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. Yes, absolutely. We're all works in progress. <laughs> Whether or not you have a chronic health issue or not, we are all works in progress. And I love that you said you have to focus on the abundance and not the lack. And that's true. Because when you are in that place of I have chronic health issues, or this hurts or that hurts, we can always focus on the pain and the chronic health problems. And instead of versus, like she said, focusing on the abundance in your life, because even though you do have all this pain, you can still find peace. Believe it or not, and I laugh at myself, I've become like a neuroscience nerd. (laughs) Because I've, right, I am digging into this and kind of creating my protocol, which there is no protocol. So for instance, therapists, we go through a three-year program. Folks, by the way, there is not one course on chronic pain, Mm. okay? And yet over 60% of the people suffer from some form of chronic pain. Absolutely. So my quest is I'm changing this, but, you know, it goes back to this initial kind of trauma stress response. Our, if we can start learning how our body is programmed, right? So basically the, the amygdala, the cave woman part of your brain wants to keep you small and safe and yes. cooned. And if you grew up with, with trauma, so a lot of people, right? Everybody knows about fight or flight. Some people know about the third level freeze, right? Mm. There's actually, a f- there's four stress responses, right? Fight, flight, freeze, appease. Oh, I've never heard of those other ones. Yes. So freeze is right. Play dead. I'm stuck. I'm overwhelmed. I just can't. I can't. Yeah. I Are can't. you shut down? Completely shut down, right? And the fourth one, appease, right? It, so you're locked in the cage with the lion. And so what do you do? Here, kitty, kitty, Let me, you know, if I'm really nice to you, maybe you won't kill me. How this shows up is this can show up if you had an emotionally unavailable parent, a narcissistic parent. It doesn't have to be big T trauma, right? So you're walking on eggshells as, as at a young age, you're constantly, well, if I'm perfect, if I get straight A's. Oh my gosh, that's me. (laughs) You're literally defining me. What? <laughs> yeah, I totally had the disease to please. I had straight A's. I was always walking on eggshells. I never knew what that feeling was when now I know it's called anxiety. But yeah, I grew up with a mother who was very narcissistic and toxic and abusive. And I did everything to try to get her to recognize me. I, yeah. I appeased. I was a cheerleader. I got straight A's. I was the first one to go to college without getting pregnant. I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I never even heard of that one. That's so interesting. Yes, it's huge. And literally, you know, I want to do a study about this, but it's one thing for my experience, right? Which I tell Mm -hmm. my story, but then, and then being clinically trained, but then all these years helping other people with all different diagnoses, with all different things, right? There's these commonalities. And yeah. a lot of it is this, right? It's obviously, there's generally a trauma, um, some form of trauma, 
And most of us have lived in this very long-term fourth level stress response of appeasing, right? Some people call it fawning because they want to stay, right? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. I like freeze, appease. If that is your core base assumption that your brain is working off of, and you don't go in and do the programming to change it, which God has gifted us with neuroplasticity, the ability to change, the ability to not be stuck, then you will work from that premise your entire life. So that's your story. That's my story, right? Achieve, get the most money, be the best, Mm -hmm. like be that type A, be perfect, because then we'll be seen, then we'll be heard, then we won't get in trouble, Wow. We won't get beat. We won't get abused. And so we spend our life chasing this elusiveness because it was programmed in as a trauma response at a very young age. Oh, I love that. Well, it just it just makes so much sense because it is fight or flight. I mean, I was just reading something from Dr. Amen today. I was just reading something about him today and he posted this on on social media and I was like, gosh, that makes so much sense. He says, our childhood experiences have a powerful influence on the rest of our lives. And when those early years marked by abuse, neglect, or trauma can have a negative lasting impact with serious consequences. And I don't think people understand just how serious the consequences are when they're raising a child. I was watching another TikTok video where this guy is thinks it's funny to yell at his like, you know, two or three year old kid for drawing or, you know, coloring outside of the lines. And he was trying to make these funny TikTok videos of like yelling at his kid, like, you can't get it right, blah, 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 blah. And trying to get people to laugh. And I understand that because, you know, I grew up in that kind of situation where my brother and he was 10 years older than me. So he didn't understand psychology. He was 18, you know, so he would crack these jokes on me and make fun of me. And he thought it was funny, you know, we're cracking jokes We're you know, but I wasn't in on the joke because my brain wasn't developed enough to understand what he was doing, just like that two-year-old in the video wasn't understanding that his dad was making a joke for TikTok and that he really wasn't in trouble for, you know, coloring outside of the lines. But as a two-year-old, you don't understand it and you don't know how to respond. And so therefore, like you said, you either fight, flight, uh, freeze or appease. And those things are definitely, you know, in almost every person that I've talked to, interviewed, or even, you know, had in my life, because you either they get into a fight or they leave or they just shut down or they appease. And I, I love that. I never heard of the last two. I've always heard of fight or flight, but I've never heard of the last two. And it makes a lot of sense. So I teach this to kids as young as like four years old so that they can, because then if you know your body and your brain, oh, okay, my brain is doing this. My body's going into a stress response. Then I'm less likely to judge it negatively. Yes. Right. Otherwise we don't know what's happening in our body. And then we just go, well, I'm broken. Yep, exactly. And right? that's, that's most every person, you know, cause I do, I have a fearless female group on Facebook and I always mm-hmm. ask the question when people are trying to join the Facebook, like, what do you think is holding you back? And a lot of it is I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I'm undeserving. You know, it's all these like negative feelings. And I'm sure it comes from either a childhood or response of something that happened to them. Right. So here's the mis- here's the big misconception, right? And I'll get people and they go like, well, I was never beaten. I was never this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. We know from science that neglect is encoded in our RNA the same way that trauma is. 
right? Absolutely. So, so ACEs has taught us this. If you listen to the 10 ACEs questions, right? It's not just like who beat you, who this, right? It's like, you know, did did somebody love you? Did somebody mm-hmm. see you? Did you feel seen and heard and validated, right? Did you feel loved? That's the basic concepts of it. And so neglect an emotionally unavailable parent, a narcissistic parent, and it may be even like maybe they're a good parent, but it's like they're working two jobs or three jobs to to make things happen for their kids. Or they had five or six kids and they just can't give attention to all five or six kids. It's always like the middle child or the last child that, you know, by the time for me, example, I'm the seventh child. By the time okay. I was born, it was like, sorry, I don't have time for you. You know, like you're it's too much. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I totally understand that because I, you know, I have a family who has lots of kids and some of them just get lost in the shuffle. You know, they're, they're not given the same amount of attention as the oldest or the youngest or the, you know, the smartest, you know, they just end up being wallflowers and they don't speak up and, you know, they're not the center of attention. You know, they don't get like as an elaborate birthday party because they don't ask for things. And even that, like as an adult, I see that in people because I, I too am a coach and I, I see, I ask the same questions. Like, do you have any trauma in your past? And some people are like, oh, well, you know, my mom and dad were perfect that, you know, I don't have anything to complain about, but is, you know, neglect is a huge thing. If they were working two jobs and I understand you put them on this high pedestal because they were doing everything to give you the life that you wanted. But, you know, if they weren't creating moments or memories or spending time with you, acknowledging you, telling you that they love you or hearing you, then that manifests into something else too. Yes. It doesn't take a lot of time, right? To connect, mm. but, and, and it's not to pathologize all parents, right? Like this may, this also happens in, in our school culture, right? It, yeah. You could have, you know, everything's good at home, but you're getting bullied at school or, you know, there's situations happening at school with your peers. Or you the know. teacher only talks to the straight A students. I mean, I one time volunteered in a classroom and I was, trying to be very, um, I want to give everyone attention, but it's hard when there's like two kids that are just like so bright and so funny and they're answering all your questions. And so you tend to give them all your attention and you forget about the other kids who are struggling, you know, because they've already learned those responses of shut down. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that is simple, but obviously not easily practiced. You know, nowhere in school are we educated around this. You know, it's not like complex chemistry. Um, you <laughs> no, know? it's not. So that's why it's like, no, we need to make this accessible. You know, and so women, you know, as we're out there trying to be moms and and workers and build our businesses and and do all these things, it's like, you know, it's okay to realize like, okay, right? Like I honor the past, right? Like, okay, honor the trauma in the sense of like, okay, all of your maladaptive, whatever you've done to get to this point, got you this far. That is okay. You can honor that. We don't have to, I think there's a sense to pathologize it a lot, but we don't have to do that. We can just accept, okay, that got me this far. Now I'm ready to change, right? It's like clothes, even your favorite outfit, you're going to wear it out. We can change our mindset and up-level our mindset. I like to say like, we get to change new, new into new clothes. 
but mm-hmm. you're not going to like put a Prada dress over sweatpants. Yeah. You're not going to keep the one outfit on and layer the other ones over it. <laughs> yeah. Right. We have to, so that's where the fear and being fearless comes in and moving from fear to fears is in the taking it off. Mm. And saying, okay, this no longer serves me. And we don't have to pathologize it. We don't have to hate our parents. You know, (laughs) you know, we don't have to hate our journey in hating anything about ourselves. We're still hating something about ourselves. Exactly. It's better to accept it and say, okay, this has gotten me this far. This brought me to who I am, right? Like, like you said earlier, like I wouldn't be the therapist and the coach and the person that I am now had not just the illness for a long time, probably up, I will even venture to say up until a few years ago, I honored the illness story. Mm-hmm. I honored the cancer story, but I would not give voice to the sexual abuse survivor story. Mm. I wouldn't, couldn't. And I was at this and, you know, we're doing our pitches and I had a great conversation with a complete stranger. And he said, you know, it all sounds good, but something's missing. And I knew, right, I knew what that piece was, but I hadn't, I hadn't owned it, mm. right? I hadn't come full circle. I was doing the work. I was already helping victims. I knew, right, that it was important, but I wasn't owning and to be able to say out loud, I'm right because I still have a parent who is alive. I I wouldn't say I'm a victim of childhood sexual abuse from mm. my brother who then passed away in a car accident and then physical and emotional abuse from my father. Like yeah. Even now saying it out loud I'm like, "Oh boy." Right? <laughs> I can well, do, it's you know. hard because you're trying again to appease and not hurt someone else's feelings, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I I completely resonate with you on that because there's so much that I hold back talking about my mom. And even then, like my sisters and my brother are like, oh, you can't say that about mom. And it's like, Mm -hmm. well, this is my story. This is how I felt. This is what I went through. And whether or not that was your reality doesn't take away from my reality. And so we should, like you said, honor our trauma understand that we went through it for a reason and heal that part of you take take off the story and realize that it no longer serves you i like to tell my clients that you know every 7 years all of your cells in your body are no longer the same so yes. that person no longer exists that person that was molested that person that was sexually traumatized that person that was hurt beaten you know whatever it is that happened to you she no longer exists 7 years ago it takes 7 years for your cells yep. to completely regenerate and make you a whole new person. And so you are a whole new person. Your whole body is different. You have to realize that sometimes, you know, it's painful. And I understand it. Like she said, I love that you said, don't, you know, patholo- what was your word? Pathologize or pathologize. pathologize yeah. it. You just have to face it, know that it happened, heal it and move on because it doesn't serve you anymore in your new life. It doesn't. So as we wrap up this episode, Tasha, what would you say is your nugget of wisdom for anyone who is listening? That there is hope. You are not alone. You can do this. You can move from resistance to resilience. You can move from fear to fierce. And you don't have to do it alone. There are, you know, as you've heard in here, there's coaches, there's therapists. You know, it's okay to get the help and to not expect yourself to just have all the answers. 
you know, right. And just work to fierce self-compassion, right. Mm. Learning how to have fierce self-compassion. I love that. So how can my audience find you? My main site is fiercelyresilient.com. I do have healing point counseling for people in California who need therapy, but in being able to provide a larger amount of solutions and services to a great amount of people, it's fiercelyresilient.com. And all my Facebook, Instagram, and clubhouse is my name, Tasha Casper. <laughs> and Perfect. yeah. Thank you again for listening to Journey of a Fearless Female. I'm your host, Paola Rosser. If you love this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. You can find me on the internet at fearlessfemale.com, on Facebook, The Fearless Female Movement, on Instagram at Fearless Female Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And ladies, remember, we have the power to rise and face everything. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.